Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Apparently, I missed the boat a little bit and uh, should be doing a February series on love. And instead, last week, we started a mini-series on consumerism. It's just as much fun. <laughs> Particularly, it's effects. Consumerism's effect on the way we, we think about, talk about, and interact with church. Together, we're seeking words and and possibly warnings from the Christian tradition to help us keep our personal preferences, our evaluative judgments, our consumer mentality from bleeding over onto our sacred community, our church. Last week we took a bit of a helicopter approach where we talked about how a consumer mentality to church can cause people to begin to think of the church as a, as a thing, a product, a commodity, when in reality, church is a people. It's you, it's, it's me, it's us. When we, when we begin to think about church as a thing to be consumed or a product to be purchased, we transform relationships into transactions, right? Love into investments with expected returns. We, we turn the thing that's supposed to heal us into yet another symptom of the thing that's making us ill. Now this week I wanna get more specific. I wanna talk a bit about this very moment, this Sunday morning experience when, when the community is gathered together to recognize God's presence in our lives, in our life together. This week I wanna talk about worship. And get it, get at this a little bit, with a raise of hands, who's heard of the term church shopping? It's pretty much everyone. So the idea of shopping for a church becomes fairly normalized. We, we likely hear it or even speak these words without kind of a second thought. As we play with this idea a bit, I wanna get something straight at the beginning because a member pulled me aside last week and said, I hope church shopping's not all bad, that's how I found this beautiful church. So for the sake of clarity, when this morning, when I'm talking about church shopping, I'm not talking about a season when you moved or relocated to find a new church home, that's different. Take your time. Find a community that aligns with you and your values. That's not church shopping. I'm also not talking about when people have painfully felt like they had to leave a church over a genuine theological or ethical difference, right? If your church is using guilt or shame to motivate your giving or participation, it might be time to find a new church. Right? If your church teaches that you are broken and headed for eternal suffering and punishment, it might be time to look for a new church. If your church is not inclusive and welcoming of everyone, 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 and everyone, it, it might be time to look for a new church. Friends, that's not church shopping. That's a spiritual journey. 
which you're growing, progressing, and protecting your heart from potentially harmful teachings. That's, that's not church shopping. What I consider church shopping is when people perpetually take communities on test drives. Right, when we drop in but never dive in, never fully commit, never make a home. Church shopping is when we keep church at an arm's length, continuously evaluating whether our personal preferences are being met. And if church is a, isn't a, if church is a people and not a product, the whole concept of shopping for a church is a little funny, right, in a not so funny sort of way is shopping for a church would be like shopping for siblings, right? Like, hey, do you think if we called a family meeting, mom and dad would consider giving up custody of Sarah? Maybe adopting our friend Brad? I just think that'd be better for our dynamics around here, and Sarah seems upset anyways. She might need a fresh start. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. We'd never do that with, with, with a loved one. We'd never assume to buy or sell meaningful relationships. And yet, that's sort of what the language of church shopping points to. Now, for some of you, this whole concept might sound completely silly. Maybe you have been sitting in the same pew since the turn of the century, which was only 23 years ago. So some of you have literally been sitting in the same pew since the turn of the century. Maybe you've never, ever considered looking for a new church. This is your people. This is your place. That's great. But that doesn't mean that you haven't been shopping while you were here. Right? You can go to the same church every week and still be shopping. Right? Just because you buy the same jeans from the same store for 50 years doesn't make it less of a shopping trip. Have you ever walked out of a worship service and immediately began evaluating it? Have you ever found yourself at brunch with friends, at home with family, chatting during coffee fellowship, discussing how much you liked or disliked the various parts of the service, the hymn selection, the prayers, the choir anthem? As an aside, the sermons are kind of for you, so you are welcome to like or dislike those. <laughs> But have you ever found yourself reflecting on how a worship service was for you? Did you like it? Was it too loud? Not loud enough? Too traditional? Not traditional enough? Me too. All right, me too. Far more often than I'd like to admit. And the thing is that process, it's not good for you. It's not healthy. And in a way, it's not really worship then. You see, the problem with evaluating the different parts of worship is that they're not intended for us. Right? We're not the things being worshiped in the moment. And so our enjoyment of a song being sung is about as valid as us liking the gift that someone else got for their birthday. I'm like, sorry, you don't like my Barbie dream house, but it's not your birthday. Consumerism turns something that's intended for God into something to be consumed by us. 
something that is to satisfy the so-called worshipers. Now, I know it's a little abstract. The whole concept might still be confusing, so let's have some fun with it. You might be church shopping if you find yourself dropping a suggestion in the offering box. You might be church shopping if you still find yourself comparing your church family to other ones you watched on YouTube during COVID. You might be church shopping if you only come on the Sundays that your favorite ensemble's performing. You know we could keep going, it's supposed to be fun. Some of you are smiling. The point is, consumerism has infiltrated our ranks. A consumer mentality has, has at times co-opted our most sacred act of worship and has turned what's supposed to be a posture of, of prayer and praise into a place sometimes driven by, by preference and satisfaction. And let me just say this, if you're feeling a little targeted, if my examples are hitting a little too close to home, if this whole series has felt a little too finger pointy, a little too personal or confrontational, welcome to the club. Welcome to the church shopping club. Truth is, it all, it all feels too personal, too close to home for me too. The same conversations I have on the weekends when I'm hanging out with people. And that's kind of the point, I guess. On some level, we are all church shoppers, all of us. We all have expectations. We all make evaluations. We all have entitlements. And with those entitlements, sometimes comes resentments. We all allow our consumer mentality to affect the way we interact with church. Even the most sacred parts of church, like worship. And in so much as we do, I think we all at times miss the boat. If we want to go deeper, if we want to feel more connected with the Spirit, if we want to experience the presence of God in this place, we're going to have to stop worshiping our own personal preferences. I'm going to return to the passage that we read last week, that short passage that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. This church placed smack dab in the middle of the cultural center of the known world. So read Romans 12, just the first two verses. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Instead of conforming to the cultural patterns of this world, Paul says your true and proper act of worship, or as other translations put it, your our inspired 
our spiritual act of worship is the offering of, of ourselves. Friends, I truly believe that if we wanna grow in our spiritual lives, we have to transform our understanding of worship from what we receive to what we offer to God. If we wanna experience renewal, we have to break our attachment to consumerism and become a, a giver instead of a taker. There's no way around it. Worship ceases to be worship when it becomes what we receive from the church and opposed to what we give back to God. And the beautiful part is the more we bring, the more we give, the more we offer of ourselves, the deeper this journey can take us and the more joy we'll find within it. So I'm gonna leave you with a little story and then a song. And you see, not only has the consumer mentality affected the way we worship at CUCC, it's found its way into nearly every church. Small ones, massive ones, all of them. Matt Redman became an extremely popular worship leader in, in the late 90s. In fact, the music he was writing for his church in England became so popular worldwide that, that it was hard for him to still do his job, still lead worship. People began coming, tourists would come, and, and the service started to feel like a Matt Redman concert. Mike P. Lavacci, the, the lead pastor who founded it with him, realized that the congregation had lost its way, that the whole thing had started to decay into just another product, another thing. I didn't know what to do, so together, they decided to stop. About 30,000 people in attendance every week, and they decided to stop. Not church, they stopped all the attachments, all of the preferences. They turned off all the screens, they unplugged the sound system, they sent the bands home, and made no plans for musical leadership. The congregation each week was told that it was on them to begin singing. That this was on them to, to begin making their own joyful noise to God. That there'd be no bands, no mic, no leadership. That moving forward, the music would simply come out of the community's heart. So after consulting with Carol, we decided for the next six months, <laughs> totally joking, totally joking. When asked about this season, Matt Redman recalls week after week of, of awkward and embarrassing silence. Week after week. But eventually, the congregation discovered their voice and began to sing a song of praise. And amidst this whole experience, Matt Redman wrote this song called The Heart of Worship to be sung when the church finally began reintroducing musicians and, and all the stuff. Now you may or may not know the song, but I encourage you all the same to try to join in singing. You might not hit all the notes, which is fine because neither will Kate, Carol, definitely not me, but join us. So we try offering this song as a prayer, a prayer of confession, a prayer of dedication, a song sung to the holy other to the God in our midst.
When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. Much deeper within, through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Much deeper within, 
心。